Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Were past statements by leaders of the LDS Church regarding why blacks were banned from holding the priesthood really a matter of speculation? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began reading from the book Saints, Boldly, Nobly, and Independent. This is the third in a series of LDS history books. And you've heard me say, whenever we've looked at these books, that I I commend the church for being a bit more transparent with its past history. However, I still have a lot of problems with these books. And one of the problems that I have, we're discussing this week. I really feel, when it comes to blacks not being able to hold the priesthood, the church continues to gaslight its members and the general public by making it sound like those leaders of the past didn't really know why they were saying the things that they were saying, that it was merely speculation, it wasn't really doctrine, it wasn't really from the Lord. And why do you think they have to say that, folks? Really, ask yourself that. Why do you think they have to keep gaslighting the people in this manner? It's because if they are to admit that it was a doctrine, then you would need a revelation to overturn it. And we don't find any revelation really when it comes to this, when you think about it. But yet, all of a sudden, the church in 1978 decides to reverse this position. And yet, at the same time, they're saying that it was never a doctrine. Well, why did the church have to go through all those hoops? It seems seems like they could have reversed it at any time if it really was not a doctrine. So there's a lot of confusion on this. Well, what brings this topic up for us to discuss again is because in this book, Saints, Boldly, Nobly, and Independent, the third of four volumes, this history book is talking about Jane Manning James. And it gives a very glowing report about Jane Manning James' faithfulness to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It talks about her 800-mile walk from, from the east to get to Nauvoo and the racism that she faced along the way. And as we were reading in yesterday's show, the essay dealing with Jane Manning James also talks about the racism that she faced for the rest of her life, which I found to be an interesting statement because for much of her life, she was living in an LDS community. So I guess we have to assume that the racism that she faced was coming from fellow Latter-day Saints, but I would even go so far as to say not only from fellow Latter-day Saints, perhaps, but the church itself. And that seems to be something that can be demonstrated. But in the book, it says on page 132 that since the early 1850s, 
the church, this would be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, had restricted saints of African descent from holding the priesthood or receiving any temple ordinance except baptism for the dead. And the reason why it says that is because above it, it says that President Joseph F. Smith spoke at Jane Manning James' funeral. And it says over the years, Jane had sometimes sought his help in receiving temple ordinances for herself and her deceased family members. So it's explaining that even though she went to Joseph F. Smith for his assistance on this matter, he couldn't really do anything about it because the church was not allowing the priesthood to be given to those who were of black African heritage. But then it goes on to say, that explanations for the restriction varied, but they were speculative, not the word of God. And as I mentioned in yesterday's show, this is the gaslighting that irritates me to no end. Because if there's any topic within LDS history that's pretty well documented, it's the reasons why blacks were not allowed to hold the priesthood, coming from the mouths of the leaders themselves. So if they want to say in this book that all those explanations were mere speculation and not really doctrinal or not really the word of God, then really what they're telling a person like myself who's studied this for a little while, these guys were all inept. They couldn't hear the word of God if they tried, even on something as controversial as this. They continued to go along with what? Their own feelings on this matter? punishing, and that's really what they were doing, they were punishing black members in the church for much of its early history. And for this, we have to thank the church itself for having recorded all of the citations that we're going to be reading here. Their history is full of quotes, and we're just going to give you a sampling of them. But to think that it's speculation based on all the writings and the material that we have is I'm going to say ludicrous. Well, when it says in the book that the various explanations were speculative, not the word of God, you would think that in order to respond to that accusation, all we need do is find some quotations from LDS leaders that are crediting God himself for the restriction. So we're going to start today with a statement made by Brigham Young. This was the speech that he gave to the Utah legislature on February 5th, 1852. Now, if you want to read the entire speech, we have it on our website. Simply go to mrm.org slash young hyphen 1852 hyphen speech. That's mrm.org slash young hyphen 1852-speech, and you'll have the entire speech given to you there. Now, what did Brigham Young say in this speech? Now, you might say, is he really speaking in general conference? No, he's not, not at this particular point. But do you think when speaking to the Utah legislature that he's going to present false doctrine to them in order to make his point? You see, that's what you have to almost assume if you don't want to believe what Brigham Young is saying to these men in this particular instance. But this is February 5th, 1852. Now then, in the kingdom of God on the earth, a man who has the African blood in him cannot hold one jot nor tittle of priesthood. Why? 
because they are the true eternal principles the Lord Almighty has ordained. Well, let me stop you there, Eric, because he says, because they are the true eternal principles the Lord Almighty has ordained. So whatever those principles are, we are going to attribute it to the Lord Almighty. So what did Brigham Young believe about this? That's what we need to find out. What did the early leaders believe about this? But what does he go on to say? Let's finish his thought here. Men cannot, the angels cannot, and all the powers of earth and hell cannot take it off. But thus saith the eternal, I am what I am. I take off at my pleasure, and not one particle of power can that posterity of Cain have. Until the time comes, the Lord says, he will have it taken away. So it seems that the Lord has the power to take it away. And man cannot push him into that. And see, that was the argument that you had a lot of early leaders giving. Say, well, it's not up to us. It was the Lord. So they're blaming the Lord really for this prohibition. Now, you could say, well, we need to separate the actual prohibition of giving them the priesthood aside from some of the reasons that they gave. Well, here again, we we need to look at what they had to say on this, and we find that there's some real serious problems here. But let's emphasize again, was this a doctrine or was this just speculation? Were these men really supposed to be prohibiting black members from holding the priesthood? We move on in time a little bit to 10th President Joseph Fielding Smith, Joseph Fielding Smith, if you ever read a lot of his writings, certainly he has the three volumes called Doctrines of Salvation, but then he also wrote a book called The Way to Perfection. And when you turn, for instance, to page 110, you find Joseph Fielding Smith has some really way out ideas when it comes to blacks and so forth. So let's start looking at page 110. This is Joseph Fielding Smith, where he talks about whether or not this teaching originated with Brigham Young, or was it taught even before Brigham Young? He said, this doctrine did not originate with President Brigham Young, but was taught by the prophet Joseph Smith. At a meeting of the General Authorities of the Church held August 22, 1895, the question of the status of the Negro in relation to the priesthood was asked, and the minutes of that meeting say, quote, President George Q. Cannon remarked that the prophet taught this doctrine, that the seed of Cain could not receive the priesthood, nor act in any of the offices of the priesthood, until the seed of Abel should come forward and take precedence over Cain's offspring, end quote. Now, notice, twice in that paragraph, the word doctrine is thrown down. So when you hear, for instance, LDS people telling you, well, it was never a doctrine. That's not what Joseph Fielding Smith seemed to believe, and he even quotes George Q. Cannon, who remarked that the prophet taught this doctrine. Now, Joseph Fielding Smith will admit that we don't have any firsthand accounts of Joseph Smith actually saying this. That sounds like a pretty good argument up front. Joseph Fielding Smith was the historian of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for about a half a century. So what was it that he knew that you would think the historian should know that most lay members of the church don't know? 
he seemed pretty sure that Joseph Smith was behind this teaching, even though we don't have a primary source to prove that. But Joseph Fielding Smith goes on in an article titled The Negro in the Priesthood, and this was in the Improvement Era magazine in April of 1924. The Improvement Era magazine was the precursor, you might say, to the Ensign magazine. And what did he say on page 565? It is true that the Negro race is barred from holding the priesthood, and this has always been the case. The prophet Joseph Smith taught this doctrine, and it was made known to him, although we know of no such statement in any revelation in the Doctrine and Covenants, Book of Mormon, or the Bible. However... In the Pearl of Great Price, we find the following statement written by Abraham, quote, Now this first government of Egypt was established by Pharaoh, the eldest son of Egyptus, the daughter of Ham, and it was after the manner of the government of Ham, which was patriarchal. Pharaoh, being a righteous man, established his kingdom and judged his people wisely and justly all his days, seeking earnestly to imitate that order established by the fathers in the first generations in the days of the first patriarchal reign, even in the reign of Adam and also of Noah, his father, who blessed him with the blessings of the earth and with the blessings of wisdom, but cursed him as pertaining to the priesthood, end quote, and that's from Pearl of Great Price, Abraham chapter 1, verses 25 through 26. And we should say that that's not just a reference given after the fact. That reference was given by Joseph Fielding Smith. Abraham 1, 25 through 26. And in tomorrow's show, we're going to pick up with that very reference that's found in Mormon scripture. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.